Your host, Parker, Dan, and Angela, slice and dice their way through the good. If it bleeds, we can kill it. The bad. You brought the devil! There's a devil inside everyone. And the ugly movies you love. And you can't piss on hospitality! I won't allow it! Hold your favorite films and franchises tight, because they aren't safe. In fact, it's already too late. It's time to dissect that film. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Dissect That Film podcast, a podcast that dissects the good, the bad, and the ugly of your favorite films and film franchises. I am your host, Brett Parker. Joining me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Dan and Angela of DNA Gaming. Hello. 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 I've got like a, I've got a channel like all of your energy. You have all the <laughs> energy tonight. <laughs> the spirit bomb. Yeah. Listen for any for everybody listening, watching, whatever. Angela started a new job, so she's tired, but she is a trooper. She is here, and she's going to bring all that she has. Yes. Yeah, plus, she has to, to put up with my bullshit. This so. episode. So, again, thank you. And you had a lot of good food tonight. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I ate so much food tonight. Dude, we have an awesome barbecue joint in our town that we have have waited too long to eat. Well, they've only been open for what a Six months. We are at the final week of our birth month coverage or whatever, or birth year, I should say, uh, months. Where this is our 1985 month, which is the or month. God, yeah, no, I said it right. 1985 month, which of course is Angela's month, where we've already covered uh, Silver Bullet, we've covered Return to Oz, and now we are down to Angela's picks. And this movie that we are covering tonight was chosen by our wonderful uh, patrons over at Patreon.com/slash Dissect That Film. Uh, Angela came up with three suggestions. We put a poll up. And this was what won. And that is the movie that almost killed Disney. Yeah, it thanks, Patreon. Imploded <laughs> the animation department of Disney, and that is 1985's The Black Cauldron. Legend has it there was once a king so cruel and so evil that the gods feared him. Since no prison could hold him, he was trapped forever in the form of a great black cauldron. The old king, that black-hearted devil. Walt Disney Pictures presents The Black Cauldron. Escape into a world of darkness. Are you coming? Me? Go in there? Oh, no, no, no. It's a terrible place. A world of excitement. of 70mm photography and 6-track Dolby Sound. You will be transported to a fantasy event for the entire family. Look! Look, sire! It's working! Soon, the Black Cauldron will be mine. In the great tradition of Disney animated classics, now comes the newest Disney spectacle of them all, The Black Cauldron. Have you guys seen this movie before? Mm-mm. 
Okay. It's been a hey. long time, but I have. All right. All right, Dan, tell me your history with this movie. All right, I can tell you exactly. Okay. This movie is Dr. John Buchanan from Frankenstein <laughs> Unbound. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's John Hurt. <laughs> versus Gandalf the Grey. And the reason it's Gandalf, what? I'll explain when we get to the movie. It's not what it is at all. Uh, my <laughs> history with this movie is I'd never heard of it growing up. The only reason I think I talked about it during our live stream when we discussed this at some point in the past, they did a, a big push to re-release this. Yeah, uh, it was, I think it was it was prior to DVD, but they were pushing a lot of the old movies from the archives. They'd bring them out during yeah, that the old vaults. The vault called it. Yeah. yeah. That big push for bringing shit back so they can get some extra money. And that's when I heard about this. Like, I didn't know anything about this movie. Didn't know nothing. I believe my mom ended up picking it up, but I watched it one time, and I remember almost nothing from it. it I, I feel I have the same history with this movie as you. This was, of course, um, a little bit of history about it before we get into, like, the full-blown history of this movie, is that this movie came out in 1985 and didn't get a physical release until 1997. That's when it was first released on VHS, which is wild. And that I was I was kind of like you. Like I think either one of my grandparents bought it or my mom bought I don't remember. I don't own it. Uh, but one of them bought it. I saw it once and I went, What the hell was that? Like as a kid, I was saying that, like, well, compared to what I was already seeing from Disney at that time, it was like, what the heck? I just go. I was so confused, and I haven't seen it since until I watched it last night to do this episode. So, um, yeah. So this movie, (laughs) you got to get an R level as far as backstories to go. We got this connection. I don't have one. (laughs) I wanted to watch it. Okay, can I throw one out there? You guys probably have both seen. That's a Disney movie that I have not seen. Yeah, go for it. Oliver and Company. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! Why do I worry? I've never seen that. I've, I've never seen that until until I watched that documentary that we we'll probably talk Billy there Joel. Yeah, until we talk about that documentary, we're probably going to talk about later in this episode. Yeah, I knew nothing of that movie except for that fucking song. I I, I didn't know it was like a thing about Oliver Twist. I had no fucking clue. For the longest time, I remember seeing it. For the longest time, I forgot it was a Disney movie. I thought it was one of the other studio, like, Blue, like Don Bluth, uh, Don yeah. Bluth Studio. Yeah, uh, but Don Bluth is the one who did like Land Before Time and uh, Secret and M. Secret, yeah, Secret and M, which was kind of in the same vein as this. The fact troll, fuck, was a troll in Central Park? <laughs> oh yes, oh, oh yeah, fucking movie. Oh Maybe man, so yeah, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know the history of this movie, this movie was, uh, the the this was based on a book or a series of books where. <laughs> I think it was called, I think I can't remember what the heck the books were called. It was like the the Prince of Prydan or the story something to have to do with Prydan, which is the location of the story here. But the the rights to it, oh sorry, it was called The Chronicles of Prydan by Lloyd Alexander. I probably should scroll up and read things. Um again, this was one of those times where they took a series of books and then tried to like just squish a bunch of them into one movie. And Disney, of course, was going into a weird direction because their movies weren't really performing as well as they had done in the past. And so they were like, well, let's try something new. Let's try something darker. 
And so they took these stories and ended up coming up with this. But the problem was, is it was so dark and there was so much darker imagery in the original cut of this movie that uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who would later go uh, and co-found DreamWorks with Steven Spielberg, he was brought in to Disney in 1984. And in 1985, yeah, he pretty much came in and was like, you need to cut like 12 minutes worth of this movie so that we can get a proper rating for it and it's not going to be as dark. He would later come out and say that he regrets all the cuts. He actually wishes they were able to release that darker cut because they, th- they think that it would have performed better. But I think that's just in kind of the the world. Like, like if it was released now, it probably wouldn't have been as big of a deal because there's we've seen dark stuff from Disney, you know, ever since the Dark Cauldron or Black Cauldron. Whatever the fuck this movie is called. I just want the, <laughs> I want the Black Cauldron, the gore cut. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Please. So yeah, he comes in. He ed- he pretty much edits it himself because pretty much people were coming in, like people were telling him like you can't like it's done. Like you can't just go in there and cut a final product. Like it wasn't like it was still in development. Like it, they had the mute the soundtrack was in it already. Like things were pretty much 100% done with the movie and he is like, "Nah, we need to we got to trim the shit out of this." Cuz cuz at that point it was slated to get a PG-13 rating because at that time PG-13 had been out for a little over a year and yeah Disney was like no 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 why can't do this this, this isn't heavy this isn't heavy metal you can't do that <laughs> no <laughs> this was the first Disney animated film to get a PG rating I mean there has been many since but yeah this was the one to kind of start it off and there was a lot of firsts in this movie. This was the first one uh, animated film to feature computer-generated imagery. So first animated film to use CGI, which was crazy. Thinking mm-hmm. 1985, uh, it would later be used in the next in their next film, which is a movie we're going to be covering very soon, which is The Great Mouse Detective. So it's crazy because we're covering The Black Cauldron, which was the movie that almost sunk Disney, and then in a couple of weeks we're going to be talking about a movie, the the next movie that kind of rejuvenated the company and got it back onto its feet as it soared towards that uh, renaissance, you know, with the little mermaid and beauty and the beast and all that stuff. But yeah, this was a box office bomb. It was, I had a budget of $44 million It didn't even make half of its money back. It actually lost out to the care bears movie in 1985. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't looking so good for Disney. There was, there was a lot of change going on with the, like the, the the big wigs up you know top you had Jeffrey Katzenberg of course who was kind of the head of the animation department he was the, the head dog there um, you had Eisner who was like the the CFO of the company you still had a Disney running the company as well Roy Disney was there he was kind of the old guard uh, this was also the last film to have some of the original like I think it was Nine Old Men which was like the original animators from back when you know. Snow White came out uh, because Ted Berman was one of the directors of this movie and he had directed movies all the way back to Fantasia which came out in 1940. This was, this was the only film he directed uh, other than The Fox and the Hound which came out in 1981 uh, but he had worked on movies all the way back like I said from Fantasia 1941 and his last work was done on Cow- Courage the Cowardly Dog. Uh, he did a couple episodes of that. Really? Death and 
night uh 2001 it's fucking awesome and then Richard Rich, who was the other director of this movie, he was also the director of Fox and the Hound. He worked on like Winnie the Pooh. Fair. He also uh, he would then after this movie, he pretty much was he was fired. Like he was the shit much canned like, him. Well, yeah, I mean this movie did not perform well, and I think they. Oh yeah, this was they kind of it. Katzenberg goes in there and literally just like lays waste to the staff. Like he is just picking and choosing who he wants on his team. Uh, but he would go on to <laughs> this was an interesting thing that I looked up about uh, Richard Rich, which is just a wonderful name. Um, why would you name your kid Richard if his last name is Rich? He's Richie Rich. But why are we doing that? Because he's Richie Rich. <laughs> you guys are making ticking noises before. over there. I'm sorry. There I was the somebody else. Can. Sorry. Somebody else that had a name. It was oh, like was- Dick. It was like Dick Dix or something like that. I'm like, why would you do oh! that to your your kid? Richard Dick or something? Oh or Dick God. Richard? I was like, hello? Uh, so after after Richard Rich would get fired from Disney, after he would work on the Black Cauldron, he would he started his own company. And he wouldn't direct a movie until 1994, which he directed The Swan Princess. And 10 of its sequels. There are Jeez. 10 The Swan Princess animated films out there. Probably, I've probably seen a bunch of them in the bargain bins at Walmart when I worked there. I, 100%. Probably had some of the worst animations or animated. Ah, it's like mind melting how bad some of this stuff is. I, you know, you probably heard of, have you ever heard of Alpha and Omega? Yes. That was, a, that was a thing. Trumpet in the Swan. The King and I, he did The King and I. Which I know wasn't that wasn't that one of those DreamWork animated movies? Or am I thinking? Of There's been else? like multiple versions of yeah. The King and I. It's a so yeah. He directed The Swan Princess in uh, 1994, and his latest film, he actually directed two of them in one year, and that is The Swan Princess: A Fairy Tale Is Born and The Swan Princess: Far Longer Than Forever, both out no in 2023. Shit. So he has been directing Swan Princess movies for 20 fucking years. Jeez, my lord! Man, uh, put the dick down, Dick. The story for this movie uh, was written by seventy-five people, <laughs> oh, <laughs> including Jesus. both directors. No, I, I'm just kidding. It's a lot. It's when even when you watch this movie and you see the end credits, there are so many people that wrote this movie. I'm like, that's a problem. That is a problem. Unless you're just giving some credits to people who maybe had just some input into it, but the fact is, like, yep, that can that can really. Uh, Cause some problems. Probably just people who drove by the studio one day. <laughs> Come on. We got an idea for the black culture. What's your name? Now they have the people. Ezekiel, that... what's your name? <laughs> they have those people with the, si- the sign spinners oh, out, yeah. out, out by the road. So for our cast, as I have heard of one person on this cast, uh, we have Grant Bardsley as Taryn. We have Susan Sheridan as Princess Lonely. I oh, God. said that name wrong. <laughs> we have Freddie Jones as Dalbin, Nigel Hawthorne as uh, I just called him the Bard because fuck that Fluter. name. Fluter Flam. Fluter. I forgot you just the first step is silent. Uh, Arthur <laughs> Mallet as King Edeleg, uh, John Biner as Golgi or Andoli, which is the the fucking hairy golem creature. <laughs> I, I thought it was a dog. <laughs> I woke up. I woke up while he. I'm like, what the hell are they? 
What kind of dog is that? <laughs> he sounds like Gollum. <laughs> I just want my Tweetsies. My Tweetsies are my... <laughs> I want my Crunchies. <laughs> my Crunchies and Tweetsies. <laughs> Choke that fucker out, dude. Time stone oh. this leg. Awesome into the uh, Phil Fondacaro as the Creeper, uh, the legendary John Hurt as the Horn King, which, to be honest, did not know it until I saw the until the end credits where it says it's John Hurt. I'm like, okay. It sounded familiar to me, but I was like, I wonder who that is. And I looked, I was like, ah. <laughs> and also the narrator. Yes. In the, the end is John Houston. Yes. Who is the father of Morticia Adams herself, Angelica Houston. Oh, that is not the reason I'm excited, but that is cool oh. to know. I'm excited by Mr. John Houston because I'm going to be that person for a second. He is my Gandalf because he did Gandalf in the original animated Hobbit and the animated Return of the King. So that's what I was like. Maybe that's why they brought him in here because it's like the same. Dude, his voice is so good. Like it started and I was like, Gandalf? <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Rings? Literally, he's like... <gasps> I know, I was very excited. I love that movie so much. I said, okay, I'm going to bed. Bye. <laughs> and I tried this, really hard. This was released on July 24th, 1985. Oh. Are we ready oh. to talk about the plot of The Black Cauldron? Let's go. I'm just going right. to zone out the moment. You All right, Dan, you ready? What are we going to do, Dan? Are we ready to dissect that? that? Bill. Where are you at in this? Like, I'm glad he doesn't call on you. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'll just go to bed right now. It's fine. I'm about to. When he starts talking, I'm just going to. So the movie opens up to some awesome narration by John Houston as he talks about Prydan and the uh, the black horned king. He also talks about the how there was an evil, a king that was so evil that he could not be contained. So he was. In, he was imprisoned in this black. The only thing that could imprison him was, which was the black cauldron, and it is a source of a lot of power, as we later find out. Um, I originally thought when I heard the uh, um, heard this narration and I was hear it, I was like, "Oh, it's the the Horn King is the one who's trapped in the black cauldron." No, because later on the black, the Horn King's just walking around doing things. I was like, "I'm confused." I had to rewind it and re-listen to the narration. <laughs> he just took a vacation. He was just out of state. It's fine. He's like, I served my sentence. Exactly. Your banishment. You must leave the county. Ah, I'll be back, damn you. So pretty much the Black Cauldron is a source of power, pretty much can raise the dead. And I just went, Disney, are you okay? <laughs> no. So we then meet uh, probably one of the most unlikable uh, protagonists of a movie I've seen lately, and that is Terran, <gasps> who is just, I mean, Such he is... He's a character who has written like so many characters that I've seen in these movies. These young teenage kids just want to be the hero. I want to fight in the war. I want to do this and that. But he just gets worse and worse as the movie goes on. And you're just like, I, I don't such know. A, who, who am I supposed to like in this movie? <laughs> he's such a fuck boy, dude. That dude just drives me nuts. I can't stand him. <laughs> I'm like, my I favorite character is kind of the Horn King. I feel like he's. He's having the best time. Everybody else I is just the Horn King. Everybody like else is just kind of uh, like the creeper. Harshin is the... mellow, man. Right. <laughs> we also meet Dalpen or Dalben or whatever the old man's name is that you Dal see for a whole three minutes, and he has a pig that he loves more than Taryn, and Taryn likes to make sure he knows it. 
And this pig reminded me 100% of Wilbur from Charlotte's Web. It looked like they took the animation from Charlotte's Web and just threw it in this movie. They're like, we still have some old cells. Here you go. He has intercourse with that pig. Oh, damn. <laughs> Why was I not surprised that you were going to say that? Also, the pig's, really name Hen, the pig's name is Hen. The pig's name is Henwen. I thought it was gonna I be. Thought Henry, was, but... I thought it was Henren. Henwen. I was like, oh lord, here we go. <laughs> so here I am watching this on my phone. The subtitles on my phone were way different than this. Didn't know what the pig's name was because when he was yelling the pig's name, I was like, <laughs> "What? You have a sub? You have him say the line, and then he says the name, and I was like, okay." What's the pig's name? I hear I you say it, but I I need to see it. Oh lord! It's, so it's doing it here, but not the, on my phone. The cat looks like old man. Yeah, sometimes oh. sometimes when you watch things on your phone, the subtitles for things don't work. Like when I watch things on on Prime on my phone, sometimes the subtitles just don't work. They'll be Does like way far ahead or something? way behind, or I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Um, not the best way to watch a movie, by the way, but. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to yeah, do. Yeah, that's how I had to do it. So we find out that the pig is magical. It can shove its face into some water and it lets you see visions. Am I being too harsh on this? What are you feeding that pig? It doesn't the pig, I just the pig is just taking hallucinogens and just passing yeah. out in the water. Yep, that's what it is. <laughs> this is something I've found. It's called LSD. Here you go, pig. That's how you, I mean, come on, in that time, that's how you found out if shit was bad. You gave it to the animals, and the animal, even if the, the animal drops dead, you're like, guess I'm not eating those berries. It's some magical powder. I don't, fairy folk. listen, I'm not saying that's okay to do now, okay? Don't be feeding your animals yeah. things that you might think are, are harmful, okay? Just don't eat it. <laughs> dude, and this is an unrealistic depiction of geese. These geese would fuck this boy up, dude. <laughs> They'd break his twig half an ass in half. I just, I, my favorite thing about Disney is that they will just straight up, if they had you, like, for instance, the geese, they look exactly like a geese that you see in other Disney movies. They're, like, identical. They're just, like, again, copy, paste, copy, paste. Yes. No problem with that. And that's a one thing. I, that's something I do want to mention. The fact that the animation in this movie is really good. Like, it looks really good. Really? I actually have a different opinion about the animation. I think the, I know it's, they have a lot of older artists and stuff on her. The animation style, I mean, the animation's smooth. It's a Disney product, yeah. right? I, I, I get it. It's a good, smooth animation. And there are some scenes I do like, but a lot of the character models and stuff like this, I feel like I'm watching much older Disney films. Yeah. Like, no, I feel I, like I feel I'm right. watching Sword in the Stone or... Oh, 100% um, this movie felt like that. This movie yeah, was it, that. This, yeah. this movie was just... A, I, Listen, I don't want to. I don't want to sound negative. Like I just feel this is just how I'm going to have this conversation about this movie. But yeah, this movie was all over the place when it came to like the I, I, like I said, I will praise the animation. I do like it, but I do agree with you. It is very old school. But that is the fact that there were old school artists on it. Where when we get to the great the great mouse detective, that is the new school. So that's yeah. why you see a a a, ch a huge change in the animation style. They were also yeah. trying new things. No, of course. Like I stated, they were using CGI for the first time. So trying to incorporate that, trying to incorporate um, uh, what the heck is it called when they like, it's like real like they took the smoke, like real smoke and then yeah, they just yeah. insert it into it. I'm not uh, I'm not too detailed into that uh, well, see, part and of the movie making. 
process. Of course. Yeah, and, and I think the older style may go with it because they were trying to do like the whole swords and sorcery thing. It's just you would think like a movie, Swords in the Stone, came out what I think the sixties. Yeah, and like it's that. still kind of the same style. And I don't even know when at this point they were kind of on a downward trend with their animated movies anyway, even before this came out. But I don't yeah. know. Just well, yeah. I mean, you got to think. I think in the seven they didn't they weren't doing much in the seventies. I think it was Robin Hood came out seventy three, and I don't think there was I don't think the next film came out till. I mean, I could be wrong. It could have been Fox and the Hound, which wasn't until 81. So there was a pretty decent gap uh, in the 70s. Um, well, they didn't. Disney, so. Yeah, they were kind of a bigger gap between them releasing movies, period. It wasn't like every oh, yeah. year that they went there for a while. Right. It was like a good three, four years that they would be in between. Then it got to the point where they were making four movies a year because they'd have different studio, different departments or different places doing different movies. It's wild process so the king or the pig is doing its magical thing showing some vision and that's when you see the horn king and then you find out that the horn king can kind of sense what's going on and kind of hones in on the location of the pig because he horn king is wants the pig so that he, he can find the black cauldron so dolbin or dolpin he is like, hey, Taryn, take the pig, get out of here. I'll meet you in a few days, meet you at the cottage up the street or wherever the heck he's going. Yeah. Up the street in that time meant 75 miles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll take you four months. <laughs> so, yeah, so he goes off with the pig, and he's having a good time. He's got it on a leash. They're, like, having him there, hanging out, blah, blah, and then he loses him. And he's running around, and he runs into... Gurgi. 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 I'm going to totally fuck up every character's name in this movie. That's fine. And I apologize to anyone who likes this movie. I'm not doing it on purpose. I just don't know how to read. I'm like Mark Wahlberg in that way. Um, so, yeah, we meet Gurgi. And he is a hairy golem. I guess, um, according to uh, a fellow podcast that we, uh, Antonio uh, from. Holworthy. He did. He covered this hey. last year. And a fun fact that I didn't know is that uh, fun, let's re, let's rewind what I was just about to say. The fact that when I was watching it and I first see this character, immediately was like, "That's a hairy golem." Yep. And then I was listening to his podcast episode on the Black Cauldron before uh, we recorded today, and he mentions the fact that Andy Serkis, who plays Gollum in the Lord of the Rings movies, actually based his voice off of this character. Why so, the fuck did you do that? Well, I know I didn't like him. <laughs> I fucking knew it. Well, I guess it I was an in, inspiration. I don't know if he like totally well, pulled from it, but he should have been inspired, inspired by something else. All right. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as Taryn runs into this thing, all he wants is it's at the apple, and Taryn gets so mad that this thing has the apple. Like he is literally like, "You are the worst piece of shit. You are the wood. Just go jump off the cliff down the." Down, you know, down the hill there. Like, get, get the fuck out of here. Like, he is tearing this one and this freaking creature a new one. I'm it's like, like it was my only apple. I needed that apple. Yeah. Again, he, he's got to eat too. Yeah. Fuck Gurgi. Go find some yeah. mushrooms or some shit. Or the dead woods he's one running around in. Fish got to swim. Fish got to eat. That's right. Town's so, the fish. People are the barrel. Fish in a barrel. 
<laughs> so, of course, he hears the pig screaming, and he runs out into a field, and he notices the pig is running away from two dragons, or as the movie calls them, I don't know where I wrote it down, but they're like called Gronheits or something? Could be. <laughs> I didn't see if they had arms, so I, I don't know, because they're too... Li- I don't know what classification. I'm bad at this. Wyvern? I don't know. A Drake? Oh, uh, they're captured by Gwynthance. Gwynthance. Dude, whoever wrote this shit is like, Gwynthance. I don't think this thing is really complicated. I, they're dragons, okay? Yeah, they're dragons. <laughs> That's what they are. I said there'd be dragons at this castle, because we then see <laughs> uh, the um, the Horn King's castle. We see the Horn King for the first time. He looks really cool. I love the design yes. of him. I love his voice. I just love the whole aesthetic of the Horn King. I, you know, my biggest problem is that he's not in this movie enough, and he is thirsty for too much. Too much. Most of these characters are in this movie too much. Taryn, the freaking princess that does nothing. Uh, The bard who does uh, nothing but swim in a woman's boobs. Like he hundred percent swims in her boobs. I mean, good for him. I mean, he was. He seemed like he wasn't enjoying it, but I think he's lying. Uh, <laughs> I think she was enjoying it. Just saying. Oh, man. So Taryn goes to the... So I kind of flip-flop scenes. The pig hasn't been taken by the dragons yet. I was just thinking of the dragons flying around the castle. I was like, oh, those are cool. He goes to a pond and I guess does the whole thing with the pig and it shows a vision of him as a great warrior. And... He loses. That's when the pig runs away, and then he runs into Gurgi. All chaos ensues. The pig gets taken by the dragons to the castle, and then that's when the adventure. Then is the focus is the castle now. Got to go to the castle. Got to save uh, Henwen or Fenren or Feardeer or whatever the fuck its name is. And <laughs> so, Taryn continues to be mean to Gurgi. And as much as this character is annoying, I'm like, Taryn, can you just chill the fuck out? Uh, Yeah, he needs to calm down, dude. Like, just ignore the thing or just keep walking. Like, what are you doing? Like, the the fact you're just standing there yelling at him for five minutes isn't going to do anything. It's not going to accomplish anything. Just go. Do what you got to do, bro. Also, like, he, okay, this boy, this guy wants to be like a warrior, right? Yeah. Why did this, whoever he is, that's been looking after Taryn. Send him out to this village with fucking death woods right next door and not have him some way to protect himself. That's the thing is I wish that this character was in this movie. Again, another character wish just joined the journey and said it's let's give it to the most annoying character in the movie. And then we have to suffer through his ad- adventures like, oh, but he's just a child. I don't care. Fuck him. <laughs> he's he is so annoying in this movie. It hurts. There is very few likable characters in this movie. Very few. I like and I'm dragons. being generous. I'm being generous. What about that dark area over there? <laughs> That'd he be just Terran's what... land. We don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> well, he annoying. just says what Simba, what Simba does. Oh, like, absolutely. Hey, let's just go there instead right. of going around. We got a little bit he of blood have gone there around. during that scene, mind you. Yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah, that was uh, something that kind of got stuck in there, and they just kept yeah. it. I wonder if that's something that just didn't make the, like, they're like, all right, we'll leave that little bit in, where Taryn gets fucked by the dragons for a minute. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, that was Walk pretty cool. I, liked, I love when the, the dragon, the one dragon grabs on the Henren and just, like, buries 
her into the dirt. Momentum. Yeah, and also I think oh no, maybe it was Taryn that that happens to where he gets grabbed. Well, he does to the pig first, and he grabs onto the other yeah. one's tail, and yep. then the other dragon or that hits tail, and the other dragon comes <laughs> up and just plows <laughs> in the dirt. You're like, oh no, is he okay? Only broke several ribs. I'm fine. No, Gurgi is just an old man, Jar Jar Binks. Oh God, you're not you're not def- putting a good case up for him. But I like Jar Jar Binks too. <laughs> I know you do. So they make it into the castle. Or at least he makes it into the castle because Gurgi. The thing, the thing about Gurgi is they kind of make this character out like he's going to be like this sidekick who's going to be with him through every part of this movie, and he just disappears like three or four times. He's just like yeah. he meets up with Taryn. They have their little spout about the same shit every time, and then he just disappears. He's like, eh, "I'm good," and just leaves. So Taryn's then by himself. He makes it into the castle, and. You know, there's a bunch of ruckus going on in the basement. Everybody's having a like good time. You got the one lady on the table, very busty woman, by the way, just like <laughs> shaking her things, man. And these guys are like, "Woo! Give me them titties, baby!" Pretty much. <laughs> this is yeah, when I cut the gangbang scene out. <laughs> really racy. I'm surprised <laughs> that only made it a PG-13 rating, but you know, cool uh, world. You know, they got away with some shit. Yeah, there was a unrated <laughs> cut where things got. Got wild in that basement. Uh, <laughs> this is. We also meet Creeper, who is our other small, whiny character, and oh, he is dude. the henchman of the Horn King. He's kind of his little bitch, and the Horn King shows up, and everybody stops what they're doing. And this is when Henwen is brought out to him to, you know, have her power shown to him, but. She won't do it. Taryn shows up, kind of falls into the situation. He does. Pretty much the Horn King makes him make, he tells him, make her do her thing or you're both going to die. Because literally they were about to chop the pig's head off and he kind of jumps in to save her. So she does her magic and, but it's cut short. Like he doesn't get to see the full vision because the the dish that the water's in gets splashed up into the Horn King's eyes. Yeah, and Taren he, re- it. and he like, reacts like it's acid. I, I don't think like, it was acid, was it? Totally I know, sometimes something happened during the blessing process, apparently. Oh, okay, because he reacts like, ah, my eyes! And I'm like, do you have eyes? Like, you're a skeleton. What it's if like he's ba- Skeletor with horns. What if he's related to one of those um, aliens from Signs? They just what? Esmeralda. It's fat Esmeralda. It is. Sorry. So we can have the weird preacher come on and start screaming about hellfire and like <laughs> Hellfire. I'm horny. I'm a preacher, so I can't fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> listen. Listen. Well, that song is fucking great though. It is it's a not, great song. It's horrific, album, but it's though. It's a very, well, it's not a catchy song, but it's a good song. (laughs) It is a good song. And one, I think it's, well, I don't think Hunchback was like super well received when it came out. No, because it was another darker Disney movie. Mm -hmm. Yep. Especially because of that song and that character. Well, yeah, dude. He's like, oh, he can't have sex with her, but sure as hell could sodomize her. Okay. On to the next step here. (laughs) Um, so, it's a dark. It's a dark movie. It's dark topics. So again, this is the, another problem with this movie. 
is we get introduced to characters who seem to be super important to the story and they just get tossed for the rest of the movie. Henwen gets rescued and they get to a cliff and he just chucks her over the cliff and she falls into the water and then we don't see her again for nope. till the end of the movie. You're like, excuse me? What? Oh, God. But Taryn gets locked up. And then he meets a princess. And you're like, cool, this is this is interesting. Until you find out she doesn't do anything. She has a magic floating ball. A bobble. Yep, a bobble. Wayfarer's uh, bobble. And that is the reason that she was taken by the Horn King, because he wanted her to use her bobble to, I guess, help him find the Black Cauldron. That's kind of the whole thing. But... Again, we get one annoying character and then another annoying character introduced. And you're like, whew. Well, this yeah, why is... did we get the bard? What is his significance I don't know. to this story? Nothing other than, hey, we rescued you. Yay. I think it's more the comic relief. Is he? I think that's what he was supposed to be. Okay. So I'm okay, not, say- I, I'm I, not I... saying that's what he was. I mean, there yeah. were some moments I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. But it wasn't what he was saying. It was more, mostly what was happening to him. Because he's kind of just like the punchline. He's just like, he's just getting tossed around. So, yeah, they escape. The um, They find the bard. And they also find a burial chamber where they where he finds a sword. I'm like, a uh, sword in the stone? Anybody? Right. So getting a strong feeling about this one. I understand this is based on a bunch of books. It, so the story is established. But uh, I think... I feel like it was very much influenced by the story of King Arthur. I can't wait till in like 30 years when another director gets their hands on this and they make this one movie into a three movie trilogy. It can actually expand on the five books. Well, so in 2016, Disney did regain the rights to the black cauldron. So to the stories. So we should see something down the road. I'm sure it would be better fleshed out. I was just making a really shitty live action Hobbit reference. So, <laughs> but, you know, I'd still have the first one still wrapped and it'll probably never get open because yep. I plan on uh, never watching that movie. It's it's up there. Just give, l- listen, nobody is going to make this happen, but somebody, if they do, just give us a Blu-ray or 4K of the old animated Hobbit. That's all I want. Please. I just yeah, want to be able to buy that. Who's the there. distributor? Wasn't it Bank, uh, Rankin Bass? Rankin Bastard, yep, yep. Rankin Bastard does. So he gets the sword. It's magical. It glows. It does whatever he wants with it. Yeah, and uh, he fights another guy with the sword, and he gets scared, runs off. Like he hits his weapon, and like he blocks it, and his weapon just fucking disintegrates. Yeah, and he's like, "Okay, bye." Uh, I also love the fact that Taron just calls himself Pig Boy the entire time. Yep. (laughs) That's who he is. He's a pig boy. He's nothing else. You could be a big pig too. Boy. I also love the fact after he beats the guy, instead of continuing on his journey, he stands there and dances around like he's celebrating a touchdown. Yep. Look at my fucking sword, baby. And I'm like, he gets flagged. Might want (laughs) to. It's like it's college football, excessive celebration. Yeah, excessive celebration. (laughs) Yep. Oh lord. So, yeah, the sword helps him escape. The Horn King sends out his dragons, because that's what I'm calling them. I'm not calling them the name they call them in the movie, because I don't know how to that's say That's fine. It. And they sound like pterodactyls, by the way. 
It sounds like the terror, like the. I swear to God, they just used the no, this exact sound for the pterodactyls, or that, or some dinosaur in Land Before Time. One hundred percent. Don Bluth took that. He stole it as he was leaving Disney. He was like, "You're gonna fire my ass. I'm taking the sound clip." Yep. It sounds like, it reminds. Look at my great movie, Land Before Time. They're like, doesn't that sound like the dragons from the Black Cauldron? Like, what the fuck is the Black Cauldron? No one saw that movie. Exactly. You can't prove it. That movie don't even exist. Uh, I was thinking of the. It also reminds me of like the the sound effect for the pterosaurs, whatever from uh, Johnny Quest. Is that I really I mean, was like, could have been. It's. I feel like it's one of those like uh, sound effects that it's. It's just been around for a long time, and they're just like, what's the dragon sound like? Oh my god, we got it, guys. <laughs> It's already been used in 25 films before today, but perfect. <laughs> I'm surprised Frank Walker didn't do the dragon sounds. Oh, yeah. This is definitely a perfect time for him to be doing something. I mean, he was doing uh, Megatron at the time for Transformers. Yeah. So. yeah I mean, he, he's yeah. been working. Dude, he's been working since the, what, 60s on yeah, stuff? He was, I mean, he, was, he, could, he was Fred Jones. And, and what the fuck... What the fuck is with this bar? Because I don't know his name. I really don't care to remember it. It's Fluter. Yeah, well, it's... His, Fluter like, Flam. His fucking harp. <laughs> Like when he lies, it breaks. So he's yes. like musical Pinocchio. He is. I also think that there's a spot, which we'll get to in in a little bit, where it breaks because he's uh, it's like a symbol for he's he's got a boner. Uh, maybe maybe it's his like, I don't 100%. know. Maybe it's this analogy for his penis or something. I don't Could understand. Be. He yells at it too every time it happens. Like, well, I do bitch. that. So I'm gonna put you in a fire next time I see it. <laughs> Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> <Snaps> <laughs> Sorry, I scream inappropriate things at my penis too. Like, listen, you motherfucker. I'm gonna beat your ass black and blue. You just hear him yelling and he comes out and he has no strings left. It's like he's, uh he's no strings to hold him down. It's like Charlie Sheen in Scary Movie Four when he uh, wakes up in Morningwood has to take a pee and he's just like <laughs> he can't get it down, so he's taking the fucking toilet seat. Squish <laughs> down. <laughs> And it it's like it would, it's like a shape that is not a shape that a penis should ever be. <laughs> what, like a tree trunk? Well, no, it's like someone just blew up a long balloon and just stuck it in his pants. Oh, like the most long shape of all. Like, what is that? My next guess was going to be an irrigation tube, but that's fine. It should have been. <laughs> oh Lord! Right. <Prime. laughs> oh, I love when Taryn and the princess and like they all like make it out of the castle and they're like in this beautiful like wooded area and he, and she's just like calls him boring just out of like you're so boring he's like what I'm not boring I got this cool sword man did you see what I did with the sword you're boring and then like I, I, I think he, he says something to her He's like, you didn't do anything for me. You're just useless. And she's like, I saved you. What are you talking about? Woman. Pretty much. That's pretty much what he did. He pretty much was like, you belong in a kitchen. And she's like, the fuck? It's not 1950 yet. Blah, hmm. blah, yet. Blah, blah, blah. Pregnancy. Blah, blah, blah. Barefoot in the kitchen. Blah, blah, blah. There's a clock on the stove. That was, I was just about to say that. But that, I mean, no joke. What when you listen it? to him. I don't know. There's a clock on the stove. Oh God! I love you, dear. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're doing my bullshit. How yeah. to get? How to get canceled? For how many years now? Oh, a long time. 
Oh Lord. That's so, good. but no, I know what you mean. But it was, it was. A, yeah, it, I mean that's everything at the time. Ultimately, what he was doing. Yeah, he's, he's still a piece of shit. He's a young kid who's just an idiot. Uh, but they apologize to each other because they kind of figure out. Oh yeah, you we did help each other. This is yeah we can this we can be friends. So Gergi meets the bard, and uh, he finds the pig track. So literally, Gergi comes back into the story. He helps that he finds a clue, helps them, and is like. All right, I'm gone. I'll see you in another 25 minutes. <laughs> I'll come back when it's relevant to the plot. But I, yeah, he's like attacking the bard, like trying to get stuff out of him. Like, I think the bard's taking. Oh, yeah, no, the bard was like hiding in a bush because he didn't have any pants. Because he was getting yeah, because she's mending fixed. his pants. Yeah, yeah, from the wolf. Yeah, or the dog. I guess I don't know. So, so square or rectangle in the back of his pants. Do you guys recall how this big magical whirlpool opens up? Uh, the, yes. Um, I don't remember who does it. Excuse me. One of them steps on the rocks. Is it Gert? No, not Gert. Who's with them? Gert Somebody the steps on the rocks. The pig. No, the pig was already down no, there. The pig. No, the pig's gone. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. The pig, we, the pig hasn't shown up yet. Somebody steps on the fucking rocks, and that's what causes the okay, whirlpool. Okay. Yeah, I figured it was something. I was like, oh, whirlpool. Oh, that happened. They get sucked into it, and this is where they meet the fair, the fairy folk, as they are called in this movie. We meet Dolly, who's just a grumpy little fairy. Just call and... him Faye. Stop thinking of words for already established archetypes, please. Just call him <laughs> Faye folk. It's easy. It's fine. It's fair. And that's when they finally meet up back up with Henwen, because Henwen, this is where Henwen ended up uh, when she got thrown through. 14 stories into the to the lake below right <laughs> things should be dead um, no kidding. I, what, I don't know this apparently is not like middle earth there's not just like fucking spider demons and <laughs> underground mole people and shit just coming out to yeah. get them underground demons gorilla people i don't know so yeah we we find out that the cauldron is in borva What's oh, by it? the way, I'm pretty oh, sure the God. old dude in this sounded like. Isn't the old the the fake fairy king? Didn't he voice fucking the Sultan in Aladdin? It may not have been, but he sounded. I actually, a didn't lot think of him. that, but probably. Huh? I wouldn't be surprised. Huh? It, it's I don't know. It's the fake fair folk king. Oh, fair folk. If he's even on there, I don't know what's oh king. Uh, Yabba blabba berry. <laughs> I was I was looking him up. Somebody will get that reference. Um, he was in oh, no, things. Oh no! He was in Halloween. Yeah, the graveyard keeper and yeah, and Hook and Secret of Him and Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Uh, one of the voices, the many voices of Mickey Mouse, was one of the voices of the Horn King's henchman. Oh, nice! I was wrong. He was not in the lad. Sorry. <gasps> toys. Oh, toys! Nice. So once they find out where the Black Cauldron is. They get fairy dusted and they float out of there and the pig just leaves again. <laughs> Don't see the pig again. I'd be uh, gone too. We also are joined by Dolly the fairy. He's the grumpy guy. He's a piece of shit, yeah, dude. He, just like he's everybody gonna, else. Because he knows where Morva he's is, so he's going to help him get there. So they find the home of uh, some really eccentric witches. And they, they for one, I I love 
the imagery of them walking into the house and it's just eyes everywhere. And yeah, I'm like, oh, what are these? And then you find out they're frogs. But then you find out that the frogs were once people. And you're like, oh, okay. And they're all like, where are my frogs? They let all my frogs out. That subplot does not last very long. Mind no, you. no, 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 no. We never find out where those frogs went. We never find out. We, you never go, oh, yeah, all those frogs, they got turned back into their people. They got back to their families. Nope. They're just gone. Uh, we meet the busty, horny one who. Uh, oh, God, dude. The bard, the bard gets to swim in her boobies as a frog, and she's she, all up in his business, man. She wants him, him bad. She, she has an enormous thirst for him. Oh, she has. What so did she thirsty. say to him? Oh, gosh. I. This is what I heard. While I was at lunch at work, and I'm cackling, trying not to try not to let people hear me, because here I am, it's quiet, and I'm cackling at something only I can see. And I was like, "Well, damn, you've tried." She said the, it. You've tried the worst. Now try the thirst quencher. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, no, I do. Okay, listen, the witch is whatever. Just give me Mad Madam Mim. Please, like this, it's the same character put into like three people. Like, just do yeah. that because you have like the horny one, then you have like the wit- actual like full on witch, and then you have the other one that I don't even That's remember just, what she did. She eats things. Yeah, yeah, she likes to eat people. And the, they, Taryn wants to make a deal with them because they're very interested in the sword and. He's like, fine, I'll give you the sword, but you got to give me the black cauldron. And then they make the deal and the witches are just like, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> you don't mind if I pluck your harp. That's what she's. Oh, yeah. And, and that's like, when I think oh, the no. spring breaks. And you're no, like, mm. when she asks him if um, she finds him attract, finds her attractive, if he finds oh, her attractive yeah. and he says yes, and it oh, snaps yeah. and he's yeah. like, <laughs> he's like, shush. <laughs> oh, man. Face it, dating sucked in your 20s, gets worse in your 30s, and your 40s, forget it. It's a cesspool out there, and we're your flotation device. Join us weekly for saucy chat, ridiculous love gurus, and MILF-worthy fun to spice up your life. The MILF MILF and and Me Podcast. Podcast. Every Wednesday on your favorite pod platform. And the MILFandMePod.com. The MILF MILF and and Me Podcast. The Cult-Worthy Podcast. Join me, Antonio Palacios, each week as I guide you through a never-ending sea of obscure cinema and cult-worthy gems that deserve a rediscovery. Find me on all listening platforms and at thecultworthy.com. The Cultworthy Podcast. Join us. So, yeah, the plan doesn't really go according to plan uh, as the deal is made, but then you find the witches are like, well, you can have the Black Cauldron, but you can't do anything with it. And they're like, well, that kind of sucks. And then the witch is like, until next time, He-Man, and fly away. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, no, they make their house crumble. I'm like, no. why are you destroying it- your house like that? <laughs> nice reference, by the way. I love that. <laughs> yeah, but they do get the cauldron, and it just sits there. You'll never be able to yeah. use it. Oh, yeah, and Dolly just pieces out, too. He's like, yep, I showed you where they are. Bye. <laughs> You're like... That is what this movie consists of. It's just ca- meeting characters. They're there for five minutes and then they peace out. <laughs> just want to remind everybody, uh, Gurgi is not here. Like he's not part of this. He'll show up in non-danger scenes. <laughs> uh, he knows better. 
So they have a peaceful fire with the the black cauldron just sitting behind them, <laughs> just chilling there and like a like engulfed in rock. And the uh, Horn King and his well, no, just the Horn King's men show up. They're like, "Well, we got you, and we got the black cauldron." Sweet. They bring that it back to him. Yeah, right. They bring it back to him, and he does his cool thing. Probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie is when. He is conjuring his army of the dead. I love the image of like the green fog coming up and yeah. the undead soldiers are coming through the fog. It's it's a really cool, really cool shot. I'm just mad it only lasts for about five seconds and then everything goes to shit because Gurdy yep. makes the ultimate sacrifice, which is supposed to make me care about this character. No. When he literally hasn't done anything in this movie. I was just glad he was dead. But how are they friends? They've <laughs> talked to each other for three seconds. No, he said he doesn't. He says Tarin has friends, but Gurgi doesn't have friends. That's why he doesn't. It's, I, it was a way to try to make me care about this character, and I just didn't. Um, but cool, he sacrifices himself. Well, which, uh, y'all are a little cold, more cold-hearted than I am. Yeah, apparently. I don't give about Gurgi. No, I just... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's just... I really want to like garner a relationship with these characters like want to get more of a character like if you're gonna throw this character at me stop making him disappear every 10 minutes like he, he disappears and then like we don't see him for 25 minutes and then he comes back and then he, he does something heroic and we're just like hey Gurgi. i mean and but the thing is i guess that's fine when the rest of the main characters aren't likable like they're just boring or don't do anything I feel like I'm being I, really I, harsh on this movie, and I apologize. Like, I love Disney, and I love Disney animated movies. And to be honest, I don't... I, I'll show my hand slightly. I don't hate this movie. I just... There's a lot of problems with it. There and, is, and I think... It, and it's mostly characters. Yeah, I think it's when they tried to condense a five-book story into one... That's what one, I was well, about to so say. So this movie it's was only difficult. two books out of the five, so... Oh, okay. Well, so still. they weren't... Still, it wasn't that bad, but... When you are turning yeah. two books into a... What, how long Hour and 22-minute movie. Well, That's also, very difficult. The, what, the crazy thing they, is they, they cut out 12 minutes of this movie. It's like, well, it's not... That makes the movie a little over an hour and a half. Like, I would have been fine with that, but I guess it mostly was the ultra-violent stuff that would have given it a PG-13 rating. I wonder if there was some relevant plot details, though. It could have helped out, but I agree with you. I don't know how much it would have added, that 12 minutes. But then I also feel like... Yeah, there's just too much. There's not enough time with any of these people. There's too many characters. It's just cut a oh, few yeah. characters. I'm sorry, most of them are useless. I feel like they're just along for an adventure for the cauldron to exist and just to have uh, comeuppance at the end. Which you could say that about any story, but this really feels like that. Or just make it into two movies. Not oh, fuck no. But you could, you could character development the whole, more than yeah. what you've got right here. Than, more than what you get. I think this is my complaint with a lot of movies is that I, I just don't get I just don't get in, I can't get invested in a character that I just don't get enough of. No, yeah. of course. And Gurgi has like what a, just a handful of lines in it and yeah. it was just to give a shit about him at the end. It's one of those things where I think it was just he's a cute little hairy like sidekick character that is g gonna sell plushies um and you're just automatically supposed to fall in love with him. And it's like, I, I didn't though. As soon as he shows up, I'm like, oh boy, what's this character going to be about? And 
after he leaves the first time, I'm like, okay, comes back, does something, does a little to nothing, and then disappears again, and then shows back up at the end and make and sacrifices himself. And you're like, well, I would have, I, I would have understood it more if it was if, like, as much as I'm not a fan of Terran, Terran should have been the one to sacrifice himself because he is the main character. He is the character yep. I feel you should be probably invested in the most. But the fact is, is we got Gurgi. And it's like the the I feel the only reason they did it to this character, they made him the ultimate sacrifice, is because he's the cute, yeah, fluffy character that everyone's gonna fall in love with. Like if ever you ask anyone who loves this movie, well, who's your favorite character? Probably Gurgi. He's not mine, but no. he might be yours, and that's okay. That's okay. But it just to me, it just didn't feel right. I felt like no. somebody somebody in our core group. Like if the bard, like to be honest, I probably would have had more of an impact if the bard was the one who sacrificed himself. Like any of the three main people, the princess, the bard, Taryn, the pig, the pig could have done it. The pig could have just yep. showed back up yep. again and jumped in that pot. And I would have been like, Dude. no, not Henwen. Like, but instead it, we got Gurgi. Even and it's the like, grumpy guy. Yeah. If he just came, came out of nowhere and was just like just swan dives right in the cauldron. <laughs> well, I don't know. See, I feel like I'm digging too much into it. The fact is. I'm just not, I just didn't get that emotional impact. I mean, I'm also a 32-year-old man watching a Disney movie trying to get that same feeling that I did, you know, maybe. Actually, like I said, when I was a kid, I still didn't, I felt weird about this movie. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting that same feeling again. Well, I'm not going to lie, dude. I thought that this whole movie, I thought the pig was the princess. 100%. That would have been an interesting little twist there. Like. Because you don't see her, and then she's gone. Well, she's already magical. Like, I thought she, like, maybe was transformed into said pig. Well, is she magical, or is that uh, Bobble? Well, I meant the pig is magical. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, we don't know. She has the Bobble. Maybe the Bobble's the reason. Maybe they did that to protect her because she could find the cauldron. Like, all right, well, we got to do something with her. Like, I don't know why they turned into a pig. It seems like a horrible fucking thing to do to a person. But, like... That that would have maybe that would add more dynamic, and then she could have sacrificed herself at the end or whatever, and like oh, and then I don't know. It's, it would I don't know. I agree. There's just too much shit going on. Too many people. The fucking stories all over the place. I don't feel the niche witches were necessary. Um, I don't know why they felt really tacked on, especially at the very very end of the movie. And yeah, I didn't mind uh, them. I just think they could have done more with them. Like I think that was the big another problem. I, mean, I don't want to keep adding problems to it, but I think. The fact that the witches don't really do like they have that one main scene and then they just show up in the clouds like Mufasa later. Like, I understand Lion King came out later, everybody, but I, uh, oh, I had no, to make course. Mufasa. <laughs> well, the, the three witches are th- theme or motif was done way better in Hercules with the fates. And they oh, were yeah. barely in the movie and they were fucking awesome. Well, yeah, they were also characters who weren't part of the story other than they just they were just the narrators of the story. Well, yeah. Oh, but you, oh no, 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 you're talking about the fates. You're talking about the fates. Yeah, not the not the music. Because they're barely in it and they kind of fill that motif where you have the three different ones. And they're all slightly different, but they they have a point where they have the threads of life and stuff like that. But they just they feel more relevant to me than, hey, let's take. Give them get the give them the cauldron. We'll take Taran's sword, which has no backstory whatsoever. That's a sword that belonged to the king that had this castle before. I, yeah, uh, you know, I, Red Hood here. I think when we make these complaints, I think some like the responses to it is like, "What do you want them to just spoon feed you everything? All the information's about the everything." And it's like, no. no, 
I just need something. I like yeah. where did the sword come from? Oh, it was just well, I guess it was the sword of the king who built the castle. So like yeah, but, okay, sure. But what's the significance of that king? Why is it so powerful? Like we don't need like was he the one who be- trapped the evil whatever the heck it was into the black cauldron? Perfect example. Could have been. I, I've not not watched the Hobbit movie. Again, I watched the old animated one. He gets Sting. It's a magical dagger made by elves. That's all the explanation you need. It's a magical dagger made by elves. Cool. I understand why I could do shit that not a normal weapon could do. And why it glows when orcs and shit are around. Totally understand that. This sword, it belonged to the previous owner. That's it. Like, we have no context to why it's magical. Or you could have said it's the magical sword that belonged to the previous owner. I would have felt more better, uh, better about than just it just belonged to the guy. It was in the basement. He never, he moved. He left his shit. You know, they just left but, it down there. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the thing where it's like we get the narration in the beginning about the evil being trapped in the cauldron. That's, mm-hmm. I think, the perfect opportunity for for them to just give us a little bit more. A movie that does it really well, I mean, it's not like there's a whole bunch of stuff to tell, but like Beauty and the Beast, it opens up to why the prince becomes the beast. It's not mm-hmm. super detailed, but you get the idea. He was a dick. It was a witch, and she cursed him. He turns into the beast, and that's about it. And then slowly, as you're going through the movie with Belle, you're finding out different, like, added details to that story. That would have been perfect for this movie. Like, you give us this, the cauldron's backstory of the evil being trapped in it, and then kind of throughout the movie giving us a little bit of information. I'm not looking for a lore dump here. I'm not looking for like halfway through the movie you just sitting down with some old dude and he's just like, let me tell you the story about the Horn King and it fucking goes yep. on for 15 minutes. Like, I don't need that. He breaks out but his like, guitar did it, did it, did it, and just playing as a song he's got to do. It's not the fucking, it's not the it's bar. Not the it's bard. somebody else. <laughs> it's not the part. But yeah, I think that's what should have been done. I think it would have been way better and I understand that there was a lot of issues behind the scenes with this movie. This movie was just a pain in the ass to make a lot Mm -hmm. of issues with Disney people getting fired after and just, it didn't work out. I mean, it's still considered one of probably the worst performing Disney movies of all time. And most people just forget about it. Like, I think it's one of those movies where you just like people just, you you could talk about the black cauldron and be like, yeah, I I remember it, but it's not, doesn't capture you. I know there are people out there who are very nostalgic about this movie. Yeah, of course. And that's awesome. I'm, I'm not here to bash the movie. I'm just trying to make it make sense. And it doesn't. I know. Like, there's just so much left on the on the table. It's like, we're trying to make a better version of this movie here on the show. Like, we're trying we to just, be like, they could have done this. They could have done that. And it's like, unfortunately, it's, that's not how it's going to work. Hopefully. We want a more coherent through line. Yes. Just exactly. talk about the cauldron. We don't we don't need as much about the characters in it. I mean, you can give us a little more if you want, but talk about the cauldron. Tell us about the cauldron and why we should give a shit about the cauldron. Outside of bad guy wants cauldron, end of story. Right. Because the thing is, and this is something that I've complained about a lot, is that the Horn King is the best is my favorite part of this movie. He is a I yes. think he is a, a cool villain. Problem is they don't do enough with him. Mm-hmm. They don't show him enough. Dude, he doesn't do that much. He doesn't do anything, to be honest. He sits in a chair no. and says cool things, and then at the end, he does the cool conjuring of his of his undead army, which I was like, hell yeah, let's go. And it lasts in the blink of an eye. 
you blink your eyes and it's over because fucking use the, this random character Gurgi jumps into a cauldron, fucks everything up, and then he gets the funniest thing about this scene is the fact that when the cauldron starts to like react, it's like it, all the undead soldiers die again, and it starts sucking uh, the the Horn King into it, and Terran's you know trying to trying to save himself. And the Horn King literally goes, oh, you're no, it's going to be you. And he grabs him, but then throws him into a spot where Terran gets stuck. And then the Horn, you think the Horn King's going to get out of it and then just get sucked into it. His death is gnarly, by the way. Yeah. He yeah. like fucking sucks into his own body and like becomes a full on skeleton. And then I'm like, Disney, you all right? <laughs> like, wow, they were trying something. And I appreciate it. it. I just think of like Gurgi is like a bag of sugar and the cauldron is like, sorry, a bag of sugar or a bottle of bleach. And the cauldron is like the fuel tank of the Horn King's evil plan. <laughs> just go Gurgi. If this movie was more popular, you could make a meme of like Gurgi falling in. You could just have the text over like the call him yeah. bag of sugar gas tank. And like, but nobody's going to get that because nobody watched this movie. Well, not very many people watch this movie. No offense to the people that did, because it's great that you liked it. We could see where their heart was with the film, but it was just all over the fucking place. And this dude never does anything cool except chokes off his, chokes out his little greed man, like who gets yeah, off Creeper. on asphyxiation fetish, fetish. Creeper does. That's yeah. it. Like he doesn't do anything cool. You don't see him lay waste to anybody. It's not like Horn King. What's so he's so good about? And then, like, snap his finger and a dude fucking melt into a puddle. Like, we don't see any of that. He does not display any true power. I think he's just a scary looking motherfucker that just he's, he can manipulate people by talking to him. That's it. I don't think he has any real power. The cauldron is what brings him back to life. Yeah. That's, a, that's, I mean, I've complained about it with a bunch of movies. It's the fact that we, we get this whole setup. We get to the end where it's like we finally get to see the bad guy do something cool and it lasts for a few seconds. It like And he himself doesn't even do happens. it. No. Like we don't like I wanted to see him like come and start laying waste to fucking people. He can uh, what what did they used to say about you? They that you could sell ketchup popsicle. Oh yeah, he could he, he could sell uh, ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. Yeah. He's Tommy just boy. a great used car salesman. You could take take a good look at a T-bone steak by sticking my head up a bull's ass, but I'd rather take a butcher's word for it. What? No, that's the right way of saying it. No, no, no. It's got to be your bull. <laughs> anyway. Tommy yeah, boy. I mean, that's ultimately my my complaints and, and just the fact that we don't get enough of the best character in the movie, in my opinion. Yep. So, yeah, they escape after everything happens. The castle blows up. And Creeper flies away on one of the dragons. And I went, all right, see ya. <laughs> He's going to be our villain for the sequel, guys. So the witches show up in their cloud, as I was saying before, the Mufasa effect. And they're like, oh, poor little hairy guy. He died. Sucks to be you. Uh, but we're going to take that cauldron back. He's like, hey, we're going to make a deal here. You give me Gurgi back and I'll give you the cauldron. They're like, are you sure? Is he really worth it? And he's like, yes. He's my best friend. We've only known each other for three minutes. <laughs> he stole my apple. Oh. The, bard's like, the bard's like, we want Gurgi, and I want another five-minute bounce session in your titty castle. <laughs> well, I, no, I love that. Uh, the horny witch there, she, she's trying to like flirt with him again, and he's like, 
will you just give it a rest, woman? Like, pretty much yeah, pulling her off. It's so funny. Yeah, that's good. Put it back in I your mean, pants. She, <laughs> she wanted to get married to him when she first oh, saw yeah, she him. Was, yeah, she was all about him, man. And he, he will not be not, sed- He was not for it. He, he will it. not be seduced by these harlots. And, yeah, they all fly off into, or they all walk up into ha- happily ever after. In the end. The yep. end. I forgot to mention in the beginning, uh, the music was done by uh, Elmer Bernstein, who also did the music for Ghostbusters. Oh, hey. Yeah, he he was, you know, he did the music for Blues Brothers, Animal House, uh, Meatballs, a bunch of stuff in the 80s, did stuff in the 50s, To Kill a Mockingbird, The Magnificent Seven, The Great Escape. There you go. So yeah. he's got a pretty good felt repertoire behind him. Absolutely. Yeah, that is the Black Cauldron. So now let's uh, let's talk about our final thoughts on this movie. What? So, Angela, why don't you start us off? What did you think of the Black Cauldron? What do you think, dear? Huh? 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 <laughs> I didn't mind watching it. Uh, it was one of those that you see as a kid, and you're like, I want to watch that. Never get around to. Um, was it Disney's worst movie? No. It's not. Go ahead. Not. Go ahead. I've seen worse. I've seen the Doug movie. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget that's a Disney movie, technically. <sighs> was it great? No. But I didn't mind watching it. It wasn't one of those that I felt like needed to turn off in the middle of the movie. I mean, I did because I had to go to bed, but I finished it. Uh, I enjoyed like the the um the final cauldron animation. Angela, turn your mic to Sorry, face. I I have to turn it away because he's loud. I usually sit like this. Um, the final cauldron animation where the um horn king gets sucked in mm-hmm. but then it like all dissipates into the green yeah. i really i really enjoyed that i thought they did that very well and i still love gurgi that's fair justice yeah. for gurgi i respect the people that love gurgi <laughs> um i i this is this was a hundred percent a revisit and done unless i just forget about this movie in the next 20 years and end up watching it again because i don't remember what was in it Uh, it, we we pretty much discussed throughout this podcast how i feel about this movie I, i think the final thing to say is this is a movie when i watch it i think to myself i'd rather be watching it than a movie because it literally opens, like I said, with Gandalf. And I'm like, oh, I'd rather just be watching The Hobbit from 1977. Like, that's it. Like, that's, like, no offense to the movie. Like, I see what they're trying to do. It, it, yes, but I stand by, I would, like, I wouldn't watch this. I'd rather watch The Hobbit. Or I'd go revisit The Last Unicorn. I have not seen that movie in 100 billion years, but I remember that. Just That's what, like, one of those movies in this style, right? I've never just, seen that movie. I, it's been a really long time. Really long time. And, um... Dan secretly likes unicorn movies. Probably. He's that would a, explain a lot. He's, he's secretly a brony, too. Once upon a time. I was accused of being a brony. Once. My I did watch pony. one episode of that show. My Friendship is Magic. Pony. 
some one of my friends is like a brony. He's like, dude, we, you should watch it. I was like, okay, I'll watch an episode of it because, you know, who made it? And I watched it. And I was like, that's a pretty decently made show. But that's good enough for me. <laughs> one episode and I was done. What's so no funny. offense to people I like. I, I, I respect the writing and stuff. But anyway, not for this. Again, What's so funny is Sis likes it. She's care. just obsessed with My Little Pony. It's funny. Yes. But for this movie, like I said, if you'd watch a movie and you're like, oh, I'd rather watch something that's similar but better. I don't really see a point in having like that's that's not a fair thing to say because if it's been this movie specifically, I, just, I don't I have no reason to revisit it. I just rather watch something else. All right. So my final thoughts on this movie is uh, it's. I'm glad I revisited it. I think it was again a movie that I did remember seeing once and don't have any fond memories about it and to rewatch it and kind of see why I might have not had fond memories of it. I do appreciate what they were trying to do. I really like the animation in this movie. I know it's it it does feel like it's that final old school animation. I think it was like it was the end of the line for that style and I appreciated that. I appreciated what they were trying to do and trying to go in a different direction for the studio cuz like, you know, Disney back then wasn't what Disney is now like it's it they were struggling and they were trying to be innovative and unfortunately they swung and missed with this one and there's a lot of reasons why like just a lot of unlikable characters characters that are just not memorable they're just annoying and you make and they make you want to forget you know you have your your fluffy little cute creature character that most movies need to have to kind of bring you in and that character didn't do much for me uh, my favorite character is the villain, and it's and he doesn't do a lot. So it's it's one of those things where it's like there's little bit of good, but a lot of just what could have been. I, I don't want to say bad because I, this isn't a bad movie. It's just an unfortunate movie that dealt with a lot of bullshit. And I would love to see them try again. Like I would love to see. Like I don't like. I know that they are talking about possibly doing live action versions of the books which would be fine but i would love them to, to try this again in the current animation style that disney is using now like that three the more 3d animation like like a fro like you take the animation from like frozen and you make it into the black culture and i think it would fit perfectly i mean that's ultimately okay. my, my views on it i don't know if i don't know if i'd ever see this if i'd ever watch this again unless i were to talk about it on another podcast or whatever, but yeah, it's a, it's not a movie, a Disney movie. I love Disney. I love their anim, like their animated movies. I, I'm a huge Disney fan when it comes to animation and yeah, this one is just kind of forgettable in my eyes. Um, but I do appreciate people who like it. You know, I do like the fact that there are fans of this movie and people who support this movie. I, you know, that's awesome. You know, we love yeah. to see it, you know, I just am not one of them. It's just not my thing. Just it's 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 one of those what could have been movie for me. Also, yeah, yeah. That's my final my final thought. And keep championing it. Keep being a champion of this movie if you like it. Like you should always stand up for the movies you like. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bet you there'll be people who listen to this episode and will be like very like they'll just be like you're too negative. You're right. You don't understand. It's like no. Tell right? us. This is this is a this is a this is a show where we share our thoughts on a movie. So if you don't like what we thought about the movie, let us know. But like, please 
be nice about it. Like we can have a, I can have a, listen, I've had many, many conversations with people about movies. I don't like, like I can have like good, like a, a cohesive conversation with somebody about movies. I hate Um, because I don't, it, there's no point in me getting up in arms about something. If you like it and I don't, you know, and that's kind of the whole point of the show is to share our opinions on things and, and then hopefully we can get feedback from you guys on, what you thought about the movie. And that's kind of what we do with the end of the show, which is what we're going to do right now. All right. Well, now we are at the section of the show where we go to social media and we asked you what you thought of the black cauldron. And we got, we got a few responses. I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy about it. We're going to start over on Twitter slash X. Our first response is from the contrarians or at contrarian prime who said, I finally watched it a few years ago. Great villain design and definitely not the disaster people sell it as. But also kind of joyless, especially for a Disney movie. I I agree. I agree with that. Our next one is from Screen Nerds Podcast. Who said, I rewatched it a couple years ago. Want to say around the time Disney Plus launched. And I appreciated it more now than I did as a kid. Yeah, because it's weird. Like I was stating, uh, it didn't come out on VHS until 97. And then the DVD came out in 2000, probably like 10 years later. And then... The only way you could get the Blu-ray for this movie is if you were part of that Disney Insiders Club. Oh, remember that Disney Club that they did where you could like the DVDs? Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, <laughs> and then it was released on 4K on Disney Plus when it released. Our next one is from Heather Sachs or at Dork of All Dorks, who said, "I really a really disappointing attempt at adapting some classic young adult books. They deserved better." Our next one is from Paul from Flicks and Friends, who says, the movie that almost collapsed the studio, I have fond memories of this film, but it's not great. Uh, <laughs> our next one is from Darren from Nostalgic Ass, who just went, ugh, and then has a huge response. <laughs> Do I dare read it? Please. Okay, here we go. So it says, how it holds up today. A quick show of hands. How many people out there actually thoroughly enjoyed The Black Cauldron? Aside from Disney's packaged films of the 1940s, it's the one title I hear so little about, as if Disney fans have no idea what to do with it. You can tell the filmmakers were trying to copy any number of things. Star Wars, Bakshi's Lord of the Rings, Dungeons and Dragons, at all. Yet, the storytelling feels inert, as if they completely misunderstood what made those previous fantasy adventures work so well in the first place. Our hero, in quotes, Taryn, the assistant pig keeper, is a reactionary protagonist at best. It takes him a full 45 minutes to make the fateful decision to destroy that cauldron. And even when he attempts to solve the problem at the end, a different character steps in and solves it for him. Imagine if Leia had taken Luke's place at the end of Star Wars because he just couldn't make up his mind. And you get the idea. The structure is lame, too, introducing characters of great importance only to trade them away including Henwen, the psychic pig, a magic sword with its own theme music, and a weird little monkey creature with Geppetto's face. <laughs> does have Geppetto's face. It really does. It does. 14 years of production on and off, and this is what we get? Just further proof that, in those darkest days at Disney, their reach extended fully beyond their grasp. Darren. Well worded. Darren. Always, always great responses. I, I don't know if that Fully was made for us, but we appreciate we yeah, appreciate that. Uh, now on to Instagram. It just says no. 
<laughs> uh, our first one is from uh, Hunty the Horror Guy, who said, Ben, forever since I saw this movie, but I bet it still holds up as an adult. Kind of well, you should go find out. Yeah. Uh, our next one is from Jesse Man Zero, who said, I love this movie. I wish people would talk about it more. Well, we are talking about it. We just did. Yeah. So hopefully you enjoy this episode. And then our last one is from Antonio from the Cultworthy Studios, who says, nice. We did it last year for Animation April. Can't wait to hear your opinion. His episode on it is very good. So make sure to go check out the Coltworthy podcast episode on the Black Cauldron. Yeah, just stop here now and just go listen to his stuff. Like it's just <laughs> It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> Throw us out of the box. People are like, why are you always uh telling us to listen to other podcasts? Because there's a lot of should. great podcasts out there. I'm yeah. Gonna, yeah, sure. You know, I'm you not should gonna get just forge you all to myself. Yeah. Like <laughs> not to mention one podcast, I mean you probably could, but most podcasts don't contain all the information on a single topic. So and right. plus people have different perspectives. So it's, it's always good to hear different th- thoughts. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, uh, that's about it for us. Do we have anything else we wanna we wanna mention before we get out of here? Yeah, actually. Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead, dear. Go first, wife. No, no, she's just shaking. No, I'm shaking. Just, just real quick, just real quick. This is for it, it, listeners of all ages, young, old, whatever. If you want to have your comments right on here, go on social media and comment. Like, legitimately, we love reading your comments. It doesn't cost you nothing. Likes, all that fun stuff. Parker will do all that in the spiel. I just want to always, I'm going to start adding in to remind people, please comment. We just like reading your stuff. We want to know what you got to think, like, like what you think. We want to hear your opinions. Yeah, we're not going to judge you on your opinion of a movie. Like, we're either going to agree with it or we're going to disagree, but that's yeah. our opinion on it. We just, we love getting all different types of response. I mean, we've gotten all different types of responses for a lot of the movies that we cover. You know, it could be stuff that we didn't agree with, but hey, that's your opinion and that's yeah. what we enjoy reading. We want to hear uh, your thoughts. So thank this you season, for everybody yeah. who shares. Absolutely. This episode be a perfect example. Like, I don't, I don't agree with a lot of things that other people did. I don't like some of the characters that even people here like. But I respect the different opinions. Mm-hmm. I like hearing because you maybe you maybe you'll say something like, "Okay, I didn't think about it that way," and it'll change. You know, you never know. So yes, please comment. Well, I do specifically want to thank. I mean, we thank our patrons every episode, but I, the one thing I always forget to do is to name our wonderful patrons because they deserve to be shouted out. Uh, they are the reason we covered the Black Cauldron today. So let's thank all of our wonderful patrons. We have Jason or Nerdrovert. We have Robert Stewart, Rudy5453, Andrew Schoening, Eric Stein, The Baron's Hideout Podcast, Dan and Angela of DNA Gaming, Billy Joseph Jr., The Flicks and Friends Podcast, and Doom Generation. We even got a couple free members. I'll shout them out until for some reason it tells me that it expired because I don't know how long these uh, free things last for, but we got a couple of them. And then we got Charles, Bucket of Chum, The Shark Movie Podcast, and Official joey c so thank you to all of our wonderful patrons you are amazing thank you for participating in the vote um yeah as for everything else you can find us on all the social medias we're on x slash twitter instagram tiktok facebook threads blue sky all the things and we're under dissect that film we're also on youtube if you're watching us right now hey you already know where we are but if you're if you listen to the show we're also on youtube where you can see our wonderful faces and you can see all of our mannerisms and crazy things that happen in the videos uh at youtube.com slash dissect that film make sure even if you're listening to us make sure to go over to the youtube channel and just hit the subscribe button like the video leave a comment 
all that fun stuff. Um, wherever you're listening to us right now, make sure to leave us a five-star review. Leave us a little, if you can leave a written review, we'd appreciate that too. It really helps the show out. We really want to branch out and get, you know, bring in some, uh, some more is a lot of, uh, newer ears to the show this year. Um, we got a lot of fun movies that we're going to be covering a lot of fun stuff we're going to be doing. So we definitely want to bring in some new peeps, but we also appreciate everybody who's been here, uh, since the beginning, or even if you started listening to us today for the black cauldron, because you were interested, we appreciate everybody who listens, but Hey, those five-star reviews, they really help us out, uh, to get those things accomplished. So please, it's free. Same with the YouTube. It's all free. Um, or if you want to support us financially, like I was just mentioning, thanking all those wonderful patrons, you can join us over at patreon.com slash dissect that film where for just a single dollar, you get some you get some little extra goodies with all that. You can either just, you know, drop a dollar and, you know, not <laughs> worry about it, or you can uh, listen to episodes early. I release episodes usually a few days early. Uh, we're going to be doing, we got polls going up for, for movies. Uh, we have, uh, outtakes that I like to post over there. There's a lot of fun stuff on, and at our $5 tier, we have our monster zone show, which is hosted by Dan and Angela, where we talk about monster movies. So yeah, join us over there. If you would like, um, we appreciate you. Patreon.com slash dissect that film. You can find all of our personal stuff down in the description as we do every week. Uh, next week. <laughs> it's either going to be Little Shop of Horrors or it's going to be The Great Mouse Detective. I'm just going to state that now because of scheduling things. Uh, so, yeah, so you're either going to get one or the other. So, hey, next week, go. next month, it is now going. We're now bleeding into March, which means it is now Dan's month. It is the month of 1986. So we're, we're going to be talking about some 1986 films. Also mixed in there is St. Patrick's Day. So... Leppy Boy is going to be back. <laughs> but that's all future stuff. We appreciate you listening today. We appreciate you supporting the show, listening, all that fun stuff. But until next time, I am Brett Parker. That is Dan and Angel of DNA Gaming. We are Dissect That Film, and this has been another episode of the Dissect That Film podcast. See you all again next time. Bye-bye.